Welcome back to the Closeted Weeb Anime Podcast, the only gluten-free anime podcast. We are your hosts. My name is Lee. And I'm Bryce. Welcome back, uh, listeners. So this week, we thought we'd do kind of like a fun topic. We talk about, because our other topics aren't fun, but so we're doing uh, anime <laughs> endings. Um, so we're going to talk about kind of the type of endings in anime that are good, that we find enjoyable, that we think work, and we're going to provide shows with examples. And then we're going to talk about how anime endings can kind of go wrong and leave a sour taste in your mouth. Um, we're going to try to avoid spoilers a little bit. We'll definitely give like head notice if we're going to spoil a show that you may want to see. We'll be very general about what we talk about so that it very much is escapes any actual specifics of what happens. Well, except for one show where I'm going to go to town. Except for one show. <laughs> my, man is, my man is fired up. So that'll be that one. But uh, let's start things off with uh, This Week in Anime. Lee, I know you found uh, a new retro anime you're super into. I found, I found a new show. So anyway, my boy Bryce, you know, he, he's been talking to me about sports anime. He's definitely the bigger fan of sports anime out of the two of us. You know, him and a bunch of our friends have all recommended Haikyuu. Apparently Haikyuu is like really quality. I actually don't doubt that I'll like Haikyuu, but I'm too much of a contrarian. So rather than watch one of the sports anime that's been recommended to me, I decide to watch uh, something from the golden era because why not? So I actually got started on Hajime no Ippo, uh, The Fighting or Fighting Spirit, which I don't think it really got localized very much in the West. So most people know it by its Japanese name. Um, and it's a sports anime about boxing. Um, the anime came out, I believe, in the year 2000. Um, so it's really early uh, golden era stuff here. Um, I'm, I, was just, I was just starting episode 30 before Bryce reached out to me um, to start recording. And I got it to, I love it. It's got great pacing um, for a show from the early 2000s. The characters are actually like developed in a mature way. Like in the way I talk about um, Mob Psycho 100 with the, with the, it's a show about a bunch of jocks. It's a very like male focused show. Unfortunately to our lady uh, listeners, all two of you, um, <laughs> it, it's mostly just guys, but even though it's a bunch of these, you know, uh, testosterone ridden, uh alpha males uh, if you want to call them that uh most of them tend to actually have pretty well thought out motivations feelings thoughts on things um and so i've actually very much appreciated like even the rival who's the sasuke of the show um still is like respectful and like generally speaking nice to the main character ipo which i you know, I appreciate that because the tried and true Bakugo is just so annoying. Um, I hate to see it and it can very much ruin shows for me. So anyway, uh, it's like 70 some episodes. So I'm almost halfway through, but um, it could it could potentially potentially reach uh, a low top 10. Well, by low, I mean high somewhere in my top 10 potentially. I'm, I'm enjoying it very thoroughly. So we'll see. Um, yeah, when then, you finish it, I'm excited to check it out. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> Mr. I don't watch 70 plus episode anime anymore. Um, <laughs> but on a different note of something more recent is I, I was venting to Bryce about a Jujutsu Kaisen. And I also posted a tweet on our Twitter 
um, which we don't use a whole lot. But I, I, I love Jujutsu Kaisen. It's doing things very well. Um, but if there's one thing I've got to say I'm really annoyed with is like every anime, it's created a power system or a ranking system to help the viewers understand how strong an opponent is or a protagonist is. Um, but in Jujutsu Kaisen, we're like in the first season and every single curse is a quote unquote special grade. Like, what's the point of having a grading system if, like, you're just going to start at the highest level from the very get-go? It also makes all the other characters who can't fight special grade that they constantly list, like, the sorcerers or whatever can only fight these level of curses. So it very much limits the kind of characters that they can actually, like, introduce into the show as well. Um, in fact, there's not much of, like, a build-up in power and understanding in terms of comparison versus, oh, uh, now... Uh, you can handle Itadori can handle this level of a curse. Um, we won't have an understanding of that. We won't have a grasp of that, and that's obviously like super concerning when you're getting into like a power based shonen where it leads up to one big force versus another, as we've mentioned before. Um, so that's for this week in anime, and then now let's get into the uh, topic of the week. Lee, you want to introduce us? Yeah, so like Bryce mentioned, we're going to be talking about anime endings. We want to talk about the best endings, the worst endings, what we think makes a good ending because, you know, some maybe sometimes they are. But generally speaking, no two endings are the same. And what makes one good uh, can be the exact opposite of what makes another one good. Um, so we kind of want to touch on um, why some shows are super awesome because they have a controversial um, surprise ending and why other ones have great endings, even though you could have guessed what it was from the first episode. Um, and then a little bit more specifically, I think we wanted to touch on why so many shonen have bad endings um, and why we think that's the case. Um, so I think the way we were going to do it was kind of a case study style where um, we were going to go through shows that had good endings and then we were going to go through shows that had bad endings and kind of critique what those are. Um, did you have any other comments on that, Bryce? Or are you good for me to jump into uh, my first show? Get started, man. All right, so as if I couldn't talk about it enough, I'm talking about Monster again. Uh, Monster, if this is your first time tuning in, is my favorite anime of all time. It is a cat and mouse game between a brain surgeon who believes in the sanctity of life versus a complete sociopath who is on his way to murder people across Europe. That is how the show starts. That is what the premise of the show is, and... Again, I'm speaking very generally. We're not going to get into specifics. But the the end of the show is a climactic showdown between the main protagonist and the villain. Everything gets explained, but there are still open-ended, um, kind of open-ended interpretations for why certain things happened. And so um, without obviously getting into any more details than that, and there are some people who weren't wholly satisfied with the endings i don't agree with them i, I think the way it worked out was fine uh, but what i want to mention is that whenever you have a show where so much of the plot is driven around these um polar opposites these two characters in a battle think death note light and l you want like that is what drives the story that is the plot of the show and so whenever that resolves that is when the show should end. Uh, Monster is very much that way. You have side plots. You have different um, you know, arcs in the story. Different things happen. It's not always those two main characters in a clash with each other every single episode. But at the end of the day, the show ends when that conflict ends because that was the entire point. 
Um, and so that's what makes it so fantastic is the fact that you committed so much time to watching the show. And now that you've reached the end, you're left satisfied and you're not stuck watching a new training arc. Like it's not like Dr. Tenma creates a second, you know, sociopathic killer that he now has to go hunt down again. Right. It, it ends. Um, and so again, I think shows that know when the story is finished, um, always get bonus points for me. And so that's why I wanted to monster is definitely a masterpiece in understanding. Okay. This is it. We're done now. Yeah, no, I think that's a super good point. And I mean, I've never seen Monster. I read the giant, the longest wiki I've ever read in my life <laughs> about it. Um, and it would make a fantastic book too. But I, yeah, it makes total sense. Conclusion is like complete, tells a full story, great climatic showdown. Completely agree. It's a great way to end an anime. Um, topic I kind of want to get into is uh, sports anime. So I was thinking about shows like Aisha 21, Kuroko no Basket, uh, Prince of Tennis. Um, what's nice about sports anime is you have this clear end, end goal. You have this final tournament um, where everyone on the team gets to make their sort of lasting impact. You have this built-up enemy where you've had, you know, one entry matchup there, maybe like the reigning champion or something, and you've built up this rivalry throughout the show. It's about the journey. It's about making nationals. It's about making the senpais happy and accomplishing the goal. It's more about the journey and you know what the end result is but you're invested in the show because of that journey so it's tough to screw up a sports anime right because like <laughs> it's a very yeah. clear end goal um so i think that's an example never ending of, tournament yeah exactly uh but uh it's a great example of an anime ending that can be done right because you just right you just follow the plot you reach the end of the tournament the end of the show that's a great conclusion all the characters have grown fantastic the only way i guess maybe you can argue is if like the final match you think the abilities or whatever have gotten a little out of hand because in all these sports anime you know whether it's a football running back who's running like a devil basically like a ghost like phasing through people right or like a <laughs> basketball player who like basically his like crossover just makes people just fall to the ground and collapse like sure the abilities get out of hand but like that's very made clear from the get-go and if you know what a sports anime is you know the rabbit hole and the path you're going down so it's not our fault <laughs> um <laughs> what's the how about uh legend of galactic heroes lee yeah well in a sports anime i mean hajime no ipo it's like very obvious it's like the character one of the characters goal is to become the world champion you know it, it's not a surprise it's not a hard formula like I know that the show is probably going to end with one of these characters becoming the world champion. Um, but it's about the, you know, along the way, the journey, all that good stuff. Um, so no sports. And again, if you wanted realism from a sports anime, just watch sports. Right? <laughs> um, so legend of the galactic heroes, I wanted to talk about it kind of in a weird way. So legend of the galactic heroes, um, does have some awesome climaxes, but like, like we mentioned, it's 110 episode long epic. Um, so it has a lot of time to have different climaxes of space battles and intrigue and, you know, political factions and whatnot. Um, but what I wanted to talk about in, in regards to Legend of the Galactic Heroes is it, it has an anticlimactic ending. I mean, you know, there's closure involved. Um, it's still very open-ended. But what I wanted to mention about that is it, it matches the overall themes of the show. I mean, the show is talking about, you know, it's the future. It's thousands of years in the future. They talk back about, you know, when humanity was stuck on Earth and all of these other things. And, you know, one of the main characters always wanted to be a history professor. Um, so this idea of kind of this cyclical nature um, of history makes sense because, well, 
if the entire show is based on the premise of the rise and fall of civilizations and societies, then, you know, I'm not spoiling the show for you here, but if you think that it's going to end in one like climactic time is fixed immemorial, you're not going to get it. Um, But again, having an ending that stays true to the theme of the show uh, always works for me um and it always makes it stronger so even though you know legend of the galactic heroes doesn't have a finale like the next show we're going to talk about it's still extremely satisfying and uh, a gratifying experience that makes sense because i mean it leaves a sort of like lasting impact you desired it didn't have some like last second like ridiculous plot twist to like egg on like a sequel series or like a new season so mm-hmm. that makes sense to me um the next show we'll get into is we're 100% going to spoil this show. I mean, there's no other way to talk about the <laughs> ending. But uh, Code Geass. Um, so obviously Lelouch is like an amazing protagonist. He's one of the like best protagonists in anime. And he's built up this whole front kind of as this sort of villain. But in reality, in the end, he basically has Suzaku, his like best friend, kill him and kill off Zero for the end goal of creating kind of this world peace. And it's just a fantastic way to end the show because in so many anime, you don't like kill off the main character, but he's like built it up so that you kind of got on this journey with him. You've been kind of tricked as a fan in a sense, and you kind of don't expect this ending, but it's so exciting. And I think that leaves such a lasting impact and why like, for instance, Yuli have it in like your top 10 and it's like a really show that so many people enjoy. Yeah. Why you shafted it in your <laughs> top 10 just to try and be original. <laughs> Um, you have any thoughts but, on it? No, yeah, I like that. That's one of those scenes where, like, I would go on YouTube and just rewatch it sometimes, just because it gave me goosebumps and stuff. Um, and it, it's always one of those shows, especially when you have those shows where you have the quote-unquote genius protagonist. Um, it, it's it's always great when the show can surprise you, and, and that's exactly what it does. It, it takes lelouch's master plan that not only did he not tell most of the other characters about except suzaku uh the audience didn't know about it either um so not only is everyone in the world of the show surprised and like aghast by what happens so too is the audience um and so that's why it's just done so well Um, whenever you keep the audience in the dark about things like that it, it does work to the show's favor it's even better in shows where you don't know that you're being left in the dark um, cause with code Geass, it's not obvious that that's going to happen. I mean, honestly, you could have imagined that the show was just going to end with him as the new ruler, you know, unify things and whatnot. I mean, it wouldn't be a good ending. Um, but so like, for example, with attack on Titan, we're left in the dark on subjects like, Oh, what is so-and-so's plan? People keep mentioning his plan. No one knows what it is. It's nice that we're left in the dark because that leaves an era of surprise, but the best surprises are the ones you don't even know are coming. Like if we didn't even know that he had a plan, that would be even better. And that's kind of how Code Geass uh, handles their ending. And that's why it's just been so impactful. Um, the next show, I'm not going to get into any details whatsoever because Bryce hasn't seen it. Um, but Cowboy Bebop, I've touched on it. I put it in my top five. Um, Cowboy Bebop is the bit, the ending is just a bittersweet culmination of the overarching plot. Um, Like I mentioned with Legend of the Galactic Heroes, it fits the overall themes of what the characters kind of their personal philosophies are. And then on top of that, it's climactic. It's got a fantastic action and it has one of the most iconic 
ending sequences in all of anime ever, um, period. I don't even know if I believe that it will ever truly um, be surpassed. I mean, obviously it could be, but I have yet to see anything past it. Uh, if you have seen Cowboy Bebop, uh, you know the words that I'm thinking. Um, I won't say them because Bryce has not seen it yet. I wouldn't really spoil it. But anyway, Cowboy Bebop's got to be on there. Um, and then I did want to touch on uh, one more, and we've both seen this, Bryce. You you were surprised it was on my top 10, and big surprise, all the shows I think have good endings are generally from my top 10. Um, but Angel Beats. Um, Angel Beats is a 13-episode show. I actually was weird because... I haven't seen the show since it first came out. Um, I remembered it being longer than that, so I actually do need to rewatch it. But Angel Beat starts with a wacky, kind of fun, whimsical concept. Uh, a little bit, you know, it's a little bit macabre in the sense of, you know, there's people dying and coming back to life. Um, but it almost adds to the humor because, you know, there, it's always been a trope in shows where people can't die, that they're going to die in a horrible, horrible fashion. Um but I think with this show, it's one of those, you know, we've talked, the show made both of us cry. Um, it just has the, that kind of perfect, sad, but hopeful ending. It's very um, just, it's very Japanese, um, I'd have to say, in the sense of like the way shows tend, you know, un, not unre, not unreciprocated love, but love that can't quite be and you know, open-ended, you don't get the closure you want, but there's hope there. And then also just the way the show really turns on a dime from being this fun, whimsical show to being really emotional um, and very just, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how much more I can get. I don't want to get into any of the spoilers on it. Um, but if you haven't seen Angel Beats already, it's only 13 episodes. If you need a good cry, check it out. You will not be disappointed. Um, I had to, I had to steal myself from like watching the ending on YouTube. Um, but Bryce, I know you've seen it too. Uh, was it that scene or was it some other scene that generally that got to you? Um, yeah, no, I mean, that definitely was a scene. It's funny because Angel Beats is a show you describe, I guess it's initially kind of, I guess, lighthearted in a way. Like I gave up on it after four episodes. I wasn't into it enough. I didn't understand the appeal behind it. And then a couple of years later, I kind of circled back and said, you know, let me finish this because it is like such a big hit and I wanted to understand kind of why. Um, and then, yeah, like the ending is I think it's one of two anime where I've ever cried. I was just so into it and it was just such a yeah, it is right. It's a sad but like hopeful ending. Um, there's another way to describe it and without getting into full detail. Um, but yeah, it's definitely like for like a 13, I think it was a 13 episode show. It's one that really just like sticks with you which is so surprising for such a short length show to have that impactful of uh an ending so but yeah it's a great example of one of those like kind of sad ending shows that like you know just sticks with you and there's again there's other animated examples which will be for a lot of other shows but that just end awfully because they try to give this like sad ending when you have no attachment to the journey that the show is taking you on yeah that would be like if attack on titan tried to be like so and so survived, but only after the sacrifice of X, Y, and Z, and it it just it would leave no impact for sure. Um, so we've talked a bit about the good endings. Um, I guess now we want to get into the uh, the bad ones. Lee, you want to start boys. off with uh, Naruto? Of course, as if we haven't talked about this show enough, <laughs> enough either. Yeah. Um, and again, you can make the argument that it never really ended, but we're just going to ignore Boruto. Um, and again, with Naruto, it, it's that issue. We do not care about the final villain because they changed the final villain 
like three times in like the past, like the last hundred episodes. Um, this is something I think, as we touched on earlier, where it's like Shonen has this problem where they don't know when to end. And so after the hero defeats their best villain, because Naruto had great villains. We loved pain. You know, Orochimaru was great in the, in the first, um, you know, installment of Naruto. But once, once they're defeated, and then the show keeps going. I mean, you have the opportunity to keep moving. I mean, like Black Clover, I'm kind of coming to the conclusion that I almost wish Black Clover had ended. Not that it's bad. It's just not nearly as good as the first arc. Um, but these shows, it's like you spend so much time building such suspense for it. And then when it ends, you, you're stuck with this horrible task of trying to one-up yourself again. And it, it rarely, rarely works. It's why we don't want to watch a thousand episodes of one piece because again yes you're probably going to develop some villains and it'll probably be good and interesting but like how many times can you really make me care like maybe five but that'll only get you 500 episodes in you know what i mean yeah um, you're constantly just like chasing the peak that you like once felt the enjoyment you once felt in the show and you're just never going to get that back. And that's kind of like the worst feeling. And that's a bad way to end a show if you're just continuously longing for that. For sure. Um, another shonen um, to follow up Naruto with. Um, this isn't the worst ending on this list. Um, but I think it's one that a lot of people had a problem with. And I think most people recognize it as a um, not good ending. Um, but Death Note Um it's kind of I, I brought it up earlier when I was comparing it to Monster, but Death Note starts. I mean, obviously, it starts based on the premise of a person getting the ability to kill people by writing their name down in a notebook. Uh, but that's not what makes the show. What makes the show is the rivalry of the two geniuses, the detective L and the sociopathic murderer uh, Light, and um, I guess we do have to get into spoilers. If you haven't seen Death Note. Uh, if you haven't seen Death Note, you're going to have to skip ahead. But anyway, halfway through the show, Light succeeds um, and L dies. And the show is constantly weaker for it. Um, the show tries to introduce L's disciples, um, Nier and Chocolate Boy. Um, and it literally never works. It doesn't ever work. Um, they're not interesting. They're not fun to watch. Um, they are just trying to once again, reach that peak again. And then ultimately what always made me the most upset about it was the fact that like, I, I you, you know, that light is going to lose At, from the beginning of the show, you know, light is going to lose because of course he is. Um, but what annoyed me the most is that light lost because of a third party so he lost because one of his subordinates didn't do exactly as he told him to and then he gets caught because of it and he wouldn't have otherwise he actually would have won if it weren't for this third party that you also don't even like like you don't like the third party it's not like his girlfriend or something who did something out of some emotional connection the dude is just dumb and tries to play a game and then all of Light's genius doesn't matter anymore because he lost because of someone else. And that's the least satisfying way. Like, I think anyone watching it, like, you know Light's going to go down, but you want Light to go down because of his own hubris. You want him to be genuinely outsmarted. You want there to be some fantastic Code Geass-type moment of, 
holy crap, how could someone think this far ahead? You know, they're playing 5D chess over here and you don't get that at all. And so for that reason, Death Note to me is always just kind of left a, as much as I highly recommend it to as like first time anime viewers, um, it, it, it does not end satisfactorily. You can't have a show that's known as this like clever anime, you're right, playing like in terms of like 5D chess and then just get progressively weaker, weaker and weaker. And then like have an ending that's so just like, unsatisfactory for this end death like it's just unbelievably frustrating because like the draw the best part those early like 12 episodes you get so into it you're so into the culture you're like deep dived into it and then yeah you just never get that back and it's so frustrating because when you see other anime that like have done it right like a code geass then like it makes your lasting impression of like a show like death note like even worse for sure um, another show with, with a bad ending. Bryce and I both don't like it, so to any actual fans of this series, you can just ignore us. But uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion. So I know the immediate defense of every uh, Evangelion fan is that the ending was rushed because of production constraints, and the real ending is in End of Evangelion. Um, I guess, okay, true. Um, but it doesn't change the fact that an already cryptic show provides a similarly cryptic ending and the show actually hasn't even ended. Like they're just keeping pumping it out. Like it's like, it's like kingdom hearts or final fantasy, not final, but kingdom hearts where it's just like, we're just going to keep making more stuff and we're just going to have so many timelines that like, why would you care? Why would you care? The characters aren't fun. The, the plot is, doesn't really make sense. Um, and so, again, we're not fans of the series, so we're not predisposed to make excuses for it like we are other shows. Um, but I I have no motivation. The only thing that was good about End of Evangelion is that you get those hilarious memes um, after Shinji does that horrible, horrible thing uh, next to the hospital bed. Yeah, I mean, for for me on uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion, I've probably watched almost just as many videos explaining the show whether it's like crunchyroll's like two-hour explanation or like other anime reviewers trying to like defend the show or explain like what exactly happened uh i rewatched the final episodes like a few times to try to understand what i just watched i asked my friends to try to understand what i just watched um it's just such a confusing show all the way through i mean i guess we can we, we can it obviously can be like a bad ending and it's so cryptic and confusing but like I mean, the whole show is, like, cryptic and confusing, and if you're a fan, I mean, right, everyone has their own tastes and preferences, and, like, awesome, I'm glad you like it, but, like, for me, it's just definitely one of those shows I just genuinely don't understand. <laughs> for sure. Oh, actually, I just thought of something. Um, sure. Since it technically got a different ending, uh, the Code Geass movie is also a horrible ending, because yeah. it took, it, it, it basically was like, hey, I know we have a great ending over here, but um, I'm just gonna urinate all over it. Um, <laughs> So Code Geass both is the best and worst ending um, at at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good, that's a great way to describe it. Um, All right, Bryce. Uh, Bryce is heated. Bryce is very heated right now. Um, we're gonna get into some spoilers of this next show. Um, Bryce, you gotta tell us what is it? What's the show that's got your blood boiling right now? All right. So, yeah, I'm going to spoil the daylights out of this show. Um, so if you want to watch it, don't at all listen to what I'm going to say um, at all. Um, so the show is Hikaru no Go. It's one that was in my top 10. And 
it is and forever will be for a lot of reasons. Um, but I need to get into why they just absolutely ruined the ending. I just rewatched the last two episodes and then I called Lee and I said, Lee, we need to record. Like, this is urgent. <laughs> His we juices are this. flowing. I'm like way too fired up about this. Um, and I realize Ricardo Go is just a great example of like problems throughout different anime endings. So I think it's just the perfect one to end on. So whew, problem number one is, you know, they change up like a successful formula in the last 15 episodes of the show. So when you're working at a shonen um, anime, you have, you know, you introduce a few characters, you have a tournament arc, you introduce a few characters, you have an adventure, and you're back and forth between tournament arc, adventure, tournament arc, adventure. And it works, right? It's a formula you love. It's a formula you're into. And it works for Ikarno Go really well. Um, except for the last 15 episodes, they go just off like a completely deep end. So before I get into this, I do need to add some context, obviously, of the show, right? So the show is about uh, Hikaru, who finds this go board in his grandpa's attic that is haunted and has a spirit named Sai, yeah, who uh, I guess kind of joins him, becomes a part of him. And to start, Hikaru plays Go because Sai wants to. Sai was this legendary Go player. And Sai basically just plays through Hikaru and tells him where to move the pieces. And throughout the journey, but with board games. Yeah. Um, and so eventually Hikaru develops this like wholesome love for the game. And Sai kind of like, fa- the difference though is Sai actually fades away as a character. It's, uh, you know, it's not like Yami uh, from Yu-Gi-Oh playing the whole time. It's more like uh, Hikaru becomes like the character and Sai becomes like kind of like an afterthought as kind of like a supportive mentor type of person but like really hikaru is like the one playing the go and you're going on the journey from scratch learning how to play with him um and shows hikaru's Hikaru's development um and it's fantastic and when you get up to episode 60 and hikaru no go is a 75 episode show um they kill off sai which is great i we have constantly talked about this shit in our podcast about uh shonen anime that they don't kill off like the mentor character. Instead, they keep them alive, float them along, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And they become like a useless character and useless screen time. But at episode 60, they have Farewell Ikaru. And this is a great conclusion. You know, Sai realizes purpose kind of in life. You know, Sai initially died when he committed suicide. And then he lives kind of again in the spirit life, kind of basically like the Yu-Gi-Oh! sort of role, actually controlling um, a famous player being able to play go and that player eventually gets poisoned dies so sai is able to be a spirit again through hikaru and realizes his purpose actually is to pass on the game of go to hikaru so hikaru can lead the next generation and don't get me wrong i get that you need an episode or two for hikaru to grieve right you lost your best friend a mentor a maybe even like a father-like type of figure um but the problem is this lasts for 10 episodes. That's 13% of the show. And you've had this amazing formula of add new characters, tournament arc, add new characters, tournament arc, and little adventures here and there. And it's been fantastic. But it's pointless watching. It's just him being like a mope for 10 episodes. <laughs> and it's incredibly frustrating, you know? People, um, people complain about, uh, without getting into specifics, but people complain about that problem in Gurren Lagan, and I think it only happens for, like, three episodes. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> I 
completely agree. But this is like 10 episodes, right? And they had such a good formula going because um, they deviated too much from the successful formula, which is the first problem I identify in anime ending has gone wrong. The second problem is an anticlimactic final battle. So when you're in any sort of shonen, anime, action, whatever, maybe sports shonen, you know, there's the final match, the final battle. And this one doesn't matter. You have... You have this built-up rivalry from day one. It's a great rivalry between Hikaru Shindo and Akira Toya. They have the first match. It's like episode one or two where uh, Sai, playing as Hikaru, just destroys Akira Toya, who's like this superstar Go player. Um, Akira Toya, obviously, then he like challenges uh, Hikaru later on, but Hikaru is now playing Go for himself, not as Sai. And of course, Toya just mops the floor with him and can't understand why, like, uh, Hikaru didn't take him seriously, and he's so frustrated. And it's this back and forth rivalry as Hikaru's now. At first, you thought uh, Toya was playing catch up to Hikaru, but now it's Hikaru playing catch up to Toya, and it's this back and forth rivalry that's really fun and really well developed, um, and it's so enjoyable. And you have this final battle between them, and it's like maybe like a third to like half an episode, and it doesn't even matter. Like they're barely even covering it. Um, it's more like you're just supposed to be excited about the future of Go, I guess. Like, it was probably the least enjoyable match of the entire <laughs> show. And that's how they decide to follow up these wasted 10 episodes with, like, a match where you're like, well, I guess we're going to be excited about Go. Sorry for wasting your guys' time. Like, and this is, like, now we've reached, like, 12 episodes. So that's the length of literally an entire seasonal anime. So that's insane. So I'm super frustrated about that. Um, so instead of like wasting our time with these 10 episodes, you could have built up this amazing, exciting final battle because they already final battle wasn't really even in the manga. They kind of like went off script a little bit to kind of have the ending. So that was even more frustrating. Even if you're going to like go off script, at least like have this amazing final battle, like at least make me happy somewhat. Um, and what the problem is, is they could have done, they should have just done honestly what they do best, which is create one final tournament arc, right? That's what shonens do, right? It's what they're known for. And it's actually what the manga suggests, which leads to my third problem. And my third problem is, this happens in a lot of anime, is you deviate from the manga ending. And this is frustrating. Really frustrating. I mean, Lee, you know I'm fired up about this. Um, <laughs> Just, you guys obviously can't see. Most of the time, Bryce and I, we're not reading off of a script. We write like an outline um, to the show, which is why you hear all the ums. Um, but if you were to look at the, uh, the document that we have guiding us, I, uh, you know, I wrote out just a few thoughts here and there to kind of give us the roadmap. And then Bryce has written out a novel. I come back to this document and like a full page and a half is pretty much dedicated to just Bryce's thoughts right now on Hikaru no Go. <laughs> I'm very fired up. Um, so the fi- third and final problem, this is the final problem, is you deviate from the manga's ending. They so they build up this tournament called the Hokoto Cup, which is this big tournament between Japan, China, and Korea. And they've hinted at it throughout the series. They've introduced like some Korean players, which are the stars in the world of Go. They have this one-hour special they make in 2004 to show the preliminaries and the excitement for it. But all this really gives us is we're left with two half-thought-out conclusions. So with the one-hour special, you're left with a cliffhanger to a super exciting tournament that we've been really looking forward to that should give us like a justifiable conclusion. 
And the other conclusion is the actual series ending, which I just explained, which is this final match between Hikaru Shindo and Akira Toya, which was lame. And you had this show, which was one of the biggest hit manga in the late 90s, biggest hit anime in the early 2000s, massive amount of popularity for Shonen Jump, uh, for the game of Go, and even for sports anime. And it's what it is. Even though, I guess, Go isn't considered a sport, it's considered a sports anime. It's in the genre, whatever. Um, and it's incredibly frustrating that a show that did so many things right had to do something so incredibly angering in the end. And I've heard people have made up a ton of stupid rumors. And like one of them, no facts behind this. I was looking into this, um, that some Korean player sued Hikaru no Go, which is why the Hoku Hoku 2 uh, Cup arc didn't happen. And this makes me just more mad because people are literally making up crap to justify a stupid ending and poor decision making by Studio Periot and the uh, anime adaptation team. So at the end of the day, there's any sort of takeaway from these, well, any sort of takeaway from our podcast or like my personal takeaway, take it as you will. For me, uh, an ending gives you a lasting impression of the show. And for me, Hikaru no Go should be my favorite all-time sports anime because it did so much so well for the first 60. And it won't be because it collapsed at the finish line. And that shows how important an ending is. Thank you. And you can reach us on Twitter <laughs> at weeb underscore podcast. And you can email us at closetweebap at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you all next week. See you next time.